Hello everyone and thank you for tuning in to the Shivam and Friends podcast, a space where I have free-flowing conversations with some fascinating folks. My next guest and I actually go way back. I met him in college and ever since then we've been friends because I love to hear from him. I value his advice and I really appreciate his insights. Aman Bhosle is a psychosocial analyst and has plenty of work experience in video production. I hope that y'all enjoyed this conversation at least listening to it as much as I enjoyed having it. And we are rolling. How's it going, Aman? Hey, Shivam, long time, long time. Wrong time, I would say, not long time. We're all stuck at home prisoners of circumstance, isn't it? Yeah, man. Go Corona. Where's your thali? Where's your thali? Do you have like a thali to bang and scare the virus into submission? No, no, no. Like a masha. No, no. It's the other way around here. Here you have to like you have to show that you don't give a shit by not wearing a mask. So oh, people, like, and it's a thing. Like people are like fuck you. I'm not wearing a mask in public, and like nobody wears. Like there are a bunch of people. Like one of my friends, he doesn't wear a mask in public. Right. But then the he perfect feel, democracy. Right? Yeah, yeah. This the is America. Perfect democracy. <laughs> America. Yeah. I have the freedom to die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <man>. Oh, no. <laughs> but the only problem is though, there's people wearing their mask below the nose, Shivam. You know, I think it's like a hipster thing. Like maybe something they saw in a video game, like a ninja or something. Yeah. I'm like, you realize the, <laughs> the droplet virus? You know, it can enter through your nose, right? Unless your nose is like Michael Jackson's nose, in which case, <laughs> nothing can enter or exit. <laughs> Do, yeah, What's happening out there? Do you see me wearing a mask like this? Why? No, I have no you idea. You know you have a great nose, but cover your damn face. Come no, on. Have you seen those yeah. uh, videos with these people like eating in public? And the thing is, they made a small slit on their mask. and they, I'm sure it's a joke. It's got to be a joke. There's no way that that's like, actually fucking happening, man. Like a, like a zip, zipper or something. You just sort of unzip yourself and sort of... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, since you stayed in Singapore for a bit, you know that Asians, uh, like especially Southeast Asians, are very fucking particular about their diseases. They're, Extremely, they're, they're so um, they're so on it that it's not even funny, man. So like all my Asian friends are super particular about like they'll they, I have a mask. They'll be like, no, this mask does not work. You need to get the heavy duty yeah. mask. I'm going to send you a link. The N95, the N95, that's the one. Yeah, yeah right? like versions of that. Like they have a they have a different version of that and things like that. So they're very very particular, man. Darth Vader would be proud, right? For the kind of times we're living in, right? Yeah. <laughs> or Bane. You think darkness is your ally? <laughs> yeah, man. I think uh, that's what it's going to be because apparently now these gyms are asking you to wear a mask when you go when you go in. It's so they were... Yeah, I mean, that's going to be hard on guys like me with facial hair. You know, as it is, we sweat behind that mask. It's not going to be easy, man. Hitting the treadmill, etc. That's going to be a nightmare. So. Yeah, exactly. It's going yeah, to be a real pain in the ass but i'm actually happy that gyms are opening it's not been open for like five months dude imagine what that does dude if you have if you've got a routine which is like you're going working out for a bit how like mm-hmm. just that stopped and people are getting you out. know what it's called right what there's a word for What's that it's called, called obesity <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> oh that's you it. going to the gym suddenly you're like oh these shorts are something i'm never going to get out of it's like my handcuff now because the pants don't fit. Yeah, man, exactly. The attitude doesn't fit. Nothing fits. <laughs> Dude, it's just, 
yeah man like i know people who put on like at least like 5 kgs they they're looking different they're fat as fuck they're kind of depressed yeah you know you know yeah. no man it's it's some crazy shit and i guess that's half the reason why people are so pissed off you know Mm-hmm. Well, I think people are also pissed off because their rituals have been taken away from them. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, the kamwali bais and your know, chauffeurs and your staff has been sort of plucked out of your life, and uh, you know, I mean, it's unfortunate hmm. for them as well because you know, for them, it's really salary to salary yeah. the kind of um, you know uh, meager incomes that they make. Yeah. Uh, so my maid called me up today. She's like, "Bhaiya ji, kaise hain?" Yeah. ऐसे जिंदा है या फिलहाल तो जिंदा है नाउ दिस दैट्स व्हाट यू से या और यू से व्हाट गायतोंडे भाव सेज इन सेक्रेट गेम्स व्हाट डज ही से मैन जब तक ये खेल खत्म नहीं होता अपनी दरिचे या मैन आई थिंक इट्स अ लॉट ऑफ पीपल एक्चुअली आर लाइक यू नो माय गॉड माय बाय इज नॉट हियर एनीमोर एंड थिंग्स लाइक दैट <laughs> that's like the, that's what they're fucking bugging about like uh, oh shit dude i have to clean all my fucking pots and pans by myself i understand man it's a pain in the ass but that's life man you get with the program it's called adulthood yeah i mean you know you got to people ask me sometimes i have very young clients they're like what is adulthood all about i have two words for them i'm like paying bills <laughs> That's all it is. Yeah, you pay one bill, the other ones they're knocking at your door. Hey, remember me? But it's also the class system, man. It's also our class system. Mm-hmm. We have a fuck all fucking we have a system where people are allowed to be at a certain level where it's completely accepted that you're going to have someone clean up after you for a really low wage. And it's not just like a fucking upper middle class thing or a super high class thing. It's like everyone and i mean, i the only time i actually realized that was when i when i moved here and i realized that no one really mm-hmm. has that kind of like because no one has that kind of energy to put into you because you can't pay them that much because everyone expects an equal wage and that's that's right that's what i realized competitive way. sorry a competitive wage yes yes and uh, yeah. that's when i realized shit man like some of the systems that we have in place in india are really exploitative if you actually think about it if you t- well they are and that's that's because i mean you know this say right if it ain't broke don't fix it so it is uh, perhaps uh, commercially viable or what would you say uh, economically viable for people to keep the poor exactly where they you know yeah where they started off at you know because if the poor people start competing at an even ground yeah. uh, a lot of these rich entitled kids you know who are just bumming around and playing pubg all day yeah. suddenly they realize they're not as smart as they thought they were yeah. and you know what the difference uh, between being uh, heralded as smart by your mother hmm. and being uh, celebrated as smart by your university Ooh. these are two very different things because uh, your parents might uh, overestimate your uh, intelligence because of their love for you but the real world is a lot more cut throat and unforgiving and unrelenting and it's it, that's what it is you know yeah, um and sometimes so these these poor kids these poor kids shivam if they start competing with the rich kids at an even footing you'd be surprised just because they Ooh. don't have money it doesn't mean they're not smart you no, know it doesn't mean they're not resourceful and it doesn't mean they don't have an appetite for knowledge oh, no, they're out there you know they will they will they will pounce on the first oh, opportunity man. they get because they're hungry for it 
that's where it begins. Yeah, man. And they good. They need good examples around them. If they have good uh, good examples around them in their community and things like that, they know what they have to do. It's it's hard to just figure out what you have to do if you're the first one, right? But post that. Well, that's true. Sorry. Yeah, I said that's true. I agree. But you know what also happens, Shivam, is um, good role models are seldom found within your family. Mm, you know, for a lot true, of people, man. this would that would be the truth. I mean, you know, if you ask uh, anyone in their early teens or even early 20s, do you want to grow up and be like your dad? Yeah. A lot of people would say uh, no. Or do you want to be like mom? They say oh, probably not. Hmm. Uh, so good role models are often uh, found in uh, the strangest of places. And yeah. uh, in a place like India, you know, if you're an athlete of some kind or an actor yeah. or even a damn politician, automatically you're seen as an extension, uh, you know, of that kind of dream, that kind of aspiration that people have towards you. Like if you're an actress, apparently in India, you're also a role model, not just an entertainer, yeah. which I find ridiculous. I find that ridiculous because if you're a paid entertainer, then you do what you, and no one really cares about your political rhetoric. You know, you dance and sing, you do your job, go home. Mm. But in India, there are a lot of misguided, like the, the, this, this entire process of seeking mentorship is also, I feel sometimes very misguided and deliberately kept very, very difficult. Mm. Uh, like yeah. very rarely would you find a, a, a teacher at school being a mentor uh, and professionally because it's how cutthroat it's, it is. Yeah. You may not even find a mentor there. Yeah, mentorship's a weird so thing, man, because all the mentors that I had to kind of pick up on, they all, I kind of had to figure out how to get them to mentor me. Because most of the mentors that I spoke to, they were actually inclined to mentor me. So they wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. And I think there's... Yeah, they wanted to share. They wanted to share with you. Yeah, but and also there's like, there's a age, I think, that men get at. I think post 50, between 50 mm-hmm. to like their late 50s is when I've seen most people being open to mentor other guys. I don't know why, but that's a thing. Guys and women. Well, but I suppose by that age, they've kind of built their castles and bought the big car and, you know, sort of put down the FD. And also, I think there's sort of, also I think they experience some kind of need or want to give back. I don't know if it's like a biological thing. I don't know if everyone goes through it, but it's something that I've definitely seen like guys who are between that age. They'll be more like, hey, man, like if I reach out to the, if I reach out to a guy in his mid 30s, I'll be like, you know what, bro, I would love some information. Nobody's going to say no. They're going to say yes. Mm-hmm. They're going to give me help. But they won't like sit and advise me as if they're advising someone like, you know, in a certain way. Which is actually a, a beautiful, uh, a beautiful experience. Do you have any mentors, man? I've had many mentors. Um but the way I see it, um, you kind of have to seek them out, yeah. uh, and you kind of gotta. It's about it's it's like it's like a it's like good chemistry, mm. you know. You gotta seek, and they gotta sort of uh, see value in giving you something. Yeah, because definitely. at the end, uh, I think I think it's a part of their legacy as well that lives through you, and they see that mm. they, uh, uh, you know, they they want to nurture that, especially if you 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 come across as someone who's willing to learn and grow and sort of you know keep with keep up yeah. with new things. I had, I had a very good mentor in Ashok Miranda in Singapore, who was my first boss. Mm. I had another excellent mentor in Abid Hussain, who was a dear friend. Another one in Vikram Channa, who I worked with mm. at Discovery Channel. Nice guys, elder to me, a yeah. lot of wisdom, to, and very generous, very intelligent, very resourceful, and very kind. Mm. Uh, so, which taught me something about the fact that, you know, just because you've climbed up the uh, rungs of, you know, the organizational ladder and you're at the top, it doesn't mean you 
uh, forget that you started somewhere at the bottom and you know you kind of give back and mm. really nurture talent sort of give people something to remember you by yeah. I mean at that point I probably had nothing to give back to them except you know my prayers and good wishes and gratitude Yeah exactly but I've had good yes absolutely Yeah you won and it was required Sorry about mm-hmm. that man this Skype is a fucking this sorry about that this Skype this Skype is a really um, annoying medium to have a conversation with because you you end up like I cutting know, each other off. For, I've known you for like 12 years bro we've been cutting each other back then as well <laughs> Yeah dude no I'm I'm perfectly fine with it sometimes you know like I just wanted to set that piece right. but um, yeah dude have, has this ever happened to you where you have you've had a mentor but they're not exactly a mentor you just like their skills but they're not exactly a mentor Yeah, so many times. What is that? Like, there's a differentiation. Sometimes you, there. sometimes you even learn. Sometimes you even learn from people, Shivam, who you don't like. Yeah, man. That is, I think, another strange thing. But that's see that again depends on your appetite for. It's like if you're really hungry, I even give you a cube of cheese, you'll eat it, and that'll be the most delicious meal you've ever had. Mm. You won't be specific about whether I want a pizza or I want to have a biryani or a piece of fried chicken. Yeah. You say I've been starving for three days. As has this mm-hmm. piece of stale cheese. Two months past its expiry, and it's going to taste a little funky, but it's something. Yeah. It's food. You'll eat it, and that'll taste like nectar to you. Hmm. So similarly, that thirst for knowledge is uh, something that no one can teach you how to have. If you're interested in doing exciting things, you will find people who want to teach you exciting things. You know, if you seek, if you seek with uh, with a certain sense of honesty, with that, uh, you know. towards that pursuit um, you know good things can happen good people can mm. uh, sort into your life yeah dude. there are kind people and jerks in every organization and industry Ooh. and family everywhere yeah, it's no, no exception even when we were in college you can probably think of people you know when we were in the flame university yeah. some people are very kind-hearted mm. and some people just obnoxious and obtuse and but sharp for the but same. here's the interesting yeah. thing which which is something about human nature which always conf- like which always makes me go wow because like the like mm-hmm. these people who most who most regard as like jerks jackasses like absolute idiots buffoons you know all kinds of mm-hmm. uh, things in their head they're right so in their mind <laughs> they are the best yeah. versions of themselves there's no other way that they would justify acting the way they do and True. that is, they've been led to they've been led to believe that they are uh, basically farting rainbows you know what i mean yeah man <laughs> that's what they've led to believe and it's like okay yeah. at one level everyone has consensus on that but mm-hmm. as a as a as a race the way our minds are designed we've been designed to think we are the 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 best of the best whoever we are like that's how most cream of the crop yeah in fact if you thought that you aren't the best it would drive you down a, a very vicious road of depression and like uh, completely ruin you in different ways but it's also important to feel weak i think like and so that you can kind of get strong from there and mentors really yeah. help you do that man mentors actually show you guide you kind of gently tell you man this is where this is where you're not strong this is where and i've i've had so many so many mentors that have actually like one one mentor which i have and i don't know if you share but uh, is general metta i've been trying to get him to have a conversation with me on this thing but he's like i'm sorry good he's a good man he's a he's a awesome general sahab is a and uh, um, i like him so i like him and t- 
one thing which I didn't learn so much about what he told me, man. That's the thing. I never learned so much from what he said. I don't. I never learned something like much from all that stuff. I learned from his actions, man. I learned from like him waking up at four in the morning for a project that all of us were waking up at like eight for. Like that's the shit that I learned from mostly, and that's so oh, powerful. He is an army man. He is an army man. He's an army man. And so you have that discipline and that candor yeah. and that kind of. Uh, rigor which which is uh, uh, you know the the pride of the army Absolutely. you know they, they don't they don't mess around don't. and that's there's a but really I, yeah sorry I, sorry i was saying i was saying that it's really about the narratives you spin in your mind that sort of give you um, mm. sort of a focus in your life so mm. if there's a narrative in your mind that you're spinning about being a loser mm. then every decision you take will be uh, one to support the narrative of a loser if you decide that you know i can do i can do a lot better i can i can work harder i can you know take better care of myself my body my network i can grow professionally grow new skills if that is what you honestly believe your efforts and your choices will support that kind of behavior so in 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 a sense what you said earlier i found so interesting is that people who might behave like jerks in their minds they are right because they feel like they're infallible they feel like they can't be touched probably because they've been conditioned to mm. think that way yeah. every time they do something uh, it was applauded or worse it was overlooked yeah. a parent a parent's job is a lot more than just you know driving you up for your tennis practice and making sure your maths homework is done mm. that you've eaten your breakfast and you know yeah. had your calcium supplements yeah. it's a lot more than that yeah. it's about really teaching teaching you how to how to be a, a functional member mm. of society that contributes but also learns yeah. but also shares but also profits yeah. in a healthy way so it's it's not easy i mean no children don't come with an instruction book do they oh man so everyone's struggling in some Dude, way or the other man that's why i think competition is so important man i think uh, like i think this whole you know there's no such thing as a loser at when you're a kid no there is something as a loser in the game you're not a loser as a person you lost the game True. because you, you need game. to figure out how to win that game and in doing so yeah. you, or you decide or you get to decide whether you want to play at all yeah play you another know? game which you win at absolutely you say i'm not playing yeah. it's it's really up to you uh, but if you play the game you 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 play to make some headway so you can justify the the cost <laughs> that you have sunk into the the time you have sunk into 100%, the game 100% man for example do um i i i taught for a couple of years and i also coach these kids on how to play football right so in Lovely. in the start of the year these kids were um, they were really excited to play football so they'd show up like after school and all but over over no nice. point of time i took their desire to win like i kind of kept coaching them i kind of kept getting them to come like i told so one of these guys samir this student mm-hmm. was basically someone who'd kind of jump around from here to there like they he would jump he would fall and he would like to get hurt he would put himself mm-hmm. in harm's way and that is the perfect definition of a central defending midfielder so i said man you're being a central defending midfielder he took get in the dirt he, enjoy it. he loved that role in fact so when we played we played the semi finals and these guys lost and um, nice towards the end wow <laughs> he towards the end it's actually nice it's a good thing that they lost because absolutely because samir broke down man samir at the end of that day 
Samir was completely in tears. And that's when I realized how much energy and effort he had expended in trying to win. This individual never tried to do that in any other area of his life. And now this individual mm-hmm. was able to do that. And not only that, was able to actually be emotionally fine to actually express his emotions around his teammates. And that's when I was like, man, look at you. You're, where were you a year back and where are you now? Right? See, see the mm-hmm. change in yourself in actually competing. And a lot of people advocate for, you know, competition is bad. Why do you want... Uh, Man, this is this is a, another version of toxic masculinity and all that mm-hmm, i think mm-hmm. it's bs well you know shivam mm-hmm. the boarding school i went to where your cousin as well went yeah. sayadri's yeah. KFI, they kind of uh, chastised the whole idea of competition oh, really? because they they always believed that you know every child is good at something different yeah. so you know why compete at all but you know i would i would uh, kind of borrow from what you've said yeah. and also borrow from that in saying that competition is a reality of this world, you can escape it mm. because you will be judged by your results that you deliver, not by your intention of I I will do this. In my mind, I had done this. No one gives a damn about what you wanted yeah. in your mind. You know, you're a nice guy. Go play with your uh, cousins, mm. you know, go, you know, you're, no one cares. Are you competent? Are you effective? Are you smart? Yeah. Are you going to make me money? Are you going to double my profits? Are you going to serve a function? If the answer mm. is yes, come on board. Show me what you can do and give me results. Mm. You know, in a corporate, you're typically judged based on KPIs, key performance indexes, or KRAs, key result areas. But what happens is a lot of kids um, don't get judged on KPIs in their houses uh, unless the KPIs are very limited to getting a certain uh, percentage. But as we know, our education system is largely skewed towards the replication of information rather than the generation of new ideas. Mm. So you're you're just regurgitating what you've read somewhere. So anyway, what you're doing is nothing different than what Siri is doing. Siri or Alexa doesn't have an original idea to share with mm. you. It merely acts as a conduit through which those ideas are funneled towards yeah. you. So what are you turning kids into? They're just going to parrot what they've remembered. But if you ask them for one original idea. So that's the problem sometimes. The school systems will make you compete. But compete for what? Become just nothing but a machine that repeats information that's right elsewhere than, that's a disgusting competition and unfortunately that's what it has that's what it has always been because i strongly believe the school system is conditioning people to uh, be workers rather than be entrepreneurs mm. or to be uh, you know, sort of uh, uh, employees rather than uh, you know mm. business owners i guess that's, so that's the safe i guess that's why a lot of entrepreneurs are like screw school you don't need school to teach you all the skills Maybe, like i know people who've gone through entrepreneurship school and they've learned a lot so that's obviously not 100% true but well i assure you shivam anything you want to learn about entrepreneurship at an entrepreneurship school is learnable on google or with a few good books mm. you just won't get a shiny certificate with a silver embossing yeah but you learn business. There are books. There is YouTube. You can do a free online course as well, or go to Udemy, or even go to Masterclass, or you know, Upgrad. There are so many options. You can just sit on your butt at home and learn so yeah, much totally if do. you have the will to. Yeah, man, and you need entrepreneur. And now you have like any course for free online. That's amazing. Course, yeah. Never, never in our history did we have that. Well. And subsidized prices yeah. too. Udemy is offering stuff for like six hundred, eight hundred rupees. You know. 
there are also ways to some people may illegally download those courses and really the access is not curtailed yeah. in any way yeah. it's only the will that is missing and no one can teach you how to be hungry for success that's got to come from within i i think people can teach you how to be hungry for success you learn from examples a lot of like like example for example one of the whole black uh, one of the whole um, um the whole argument um, not argument but one of the sociological realities about the african americans in america is that uh, they're also facing currently a crisis of fatherhood and that mm-hmm. crisis of fatherhood is actually leading them to be bad fathers which is severely affecting the way kids are raised in that community and mm-hmm. that's not the case in certain households within these communities where they found that you know uh fathers have stayed back for child rearing stayed back i'm saying that as if it's an odd thing but it's the norm and that's mm-hmm. when you realize that kids do learn from the people around and they do learn from examples and you can teach someone to learn to achieve to be okay with feeling weak feeling like what you said like you're not contributing but at mm-hmm. the same time feeling encouraged to get the livelihood skills that they need to kind of succeed at a later point in time i don't really think that can be taught man hmm well you know the skills to succeed can be taught but the will to succeed can't be taught mm. you got to want that you got to want it you got to want to taste it you got to want to you know scratch you know mm. uh, everywhere to sort of get to the you know get to the mm. core of what it really takes to build yeah. something definitely as your name on dude there are some guys who are i've seen who are so hungry like i'm like dude there's no way someone taught you to be that hungry this is like you're a killer mm-hmm. man like there's some people i met you got to want it. yeah they wanted want it to have they wanted like crazy man one of yeah a few of my one guy i know from flame i think uh, mm-hmm. he was crazy driven like he was completely okay working 14 hours a day but not but you just think when i say 14 hours a day it's like a generation like are it's a millennial thing for people to say i work 14 hours a day but i don't believe you mm-hmm. really work 14 hours a day at the end of the day you're probably productive like for 5 hours a day max but this individual was he would walk his talk he was literally that energetic that he would just keep working and he's gone a very long way all right he's gone he's <clears throat> yeah yeah okay he's, he's done very well for himself at the cost of his well-being though Well sometimes you got to pay a price I mean I don't know if you remember how we shot that diploma film of mine yeah. in 7 days we shot a 1 hour Ooh, film and you know we kind of rolling in the mud and uh, you know you guys helped me so much yeah. but I really I really wanted to make a 1 hour film <laughs> at a time where everyone else was making a 12 minute film yeah. you know I said hey I have I have access to the same technology I'm going to do 1 hour it's okay if you want to do 12 minutes yeah. but the story I want to tell for better or worse is 1 hour worth of storytelling so Mm-hmm. I mean I really wanted it and you know it it was a struggle but yeah. uh, you know here we are that kind of taught me what I'm capable of yeah. even though the film might be laughable in parts today if I see it but the hey it was a, a sophomore effort you know I was yeah. very young we uh, evolve of course our interests evolve but as I said you got to really want to find that way forward you know inch by inch yeah. as al pacino says 
in uh, there's a speech in the movie any given sunday where he says the inches we need are all around us yeah. and you know it's all about you got it's all about getting that inch grabbing that inch and you know yeah it's the difference between winning and losing and that's what it is you know yeah. we got to try you fall down you get up you try again yeah yeah it's that's basically it. you just fall down you get up you <clears throat> try again you try again and by the way dude the uh, the the movie was right evolution right so i remember evolution that's correct so dude the storyline actually made was i think it's still relevant today if you look at the storyline itself yeah. like the writing and the, just the characters i still remember those uh, those little montage not montages but those little speaking heads that you had set up uh, you know with hazel and all these people in uh, right. in the studio that big space yes that's great dude all those things were super relevant i think in terms of just overall storyline it was pretty cool man i mean i tried to paint a portrait of loneliness um and now i mean we live at a time of social distancing there is loneliness as well yeah um even a movie like joker which came out with joaquin phoenix mm. addresses loneliness and the themes of uh, depression and how that can lead to insanity yeah. and uh, you know sadism at some level so for me i think it was also it spoke i i wrote a story about loneliness because i perhaps felt very lonely during that phase that of my life as well sure. as very less known fact i so it, it's a story that spoke to me as well because hmm. i i kind of went through a period of not feeling assimilated with uh, like i couldn't i just couldn't sit around and pretend like i was best friends with everyone yeah. i'd feel very alone in a room full of 20 people yeah, because it's sometimes the wavelengths don't match yeah. or maybe your expectations are um you know uh, largely uh, romanticized yeah. of what a best friend is like etc so i kind of used that that film was kind of therapeutic to me as well sort of get a few explore a few themes and yeah. see that, that no one talks about loneliness but it it, it does sometimes it can really be a difficult thing to deal with yeah man i think uh, dude for sure man i think the first couple of months of this lockdown was pretty weird for me man because mm-hmm. all of a sudden all of the structures that i had set up i'm pretty extroverted most of my structures were outside my home you know going yeah yeah i know you man known you for a while we know each other for 12 yeah. years now so yeah. i like i like to be outside and everything was kind of like i was like kind of kept home for a couple of months and that was i think a lot of people have had that experience now and uh, hopefully we we are going to come out of this a little bit better man mind starts playing games with you yeah right yeah It happens to best of us schedules and everything what about um, so what do you think of these new style shows i don't know if you've seen westworld or dark uh, i've not seen both but i know of them westworld on hbo and dark on netflix i'm aware but uh, i've not seen both of these shows it's they're based like they're very much like not dark but they're all like pulp fiction kind of like the genre not the movie style but the neo noir science fiction so to speak e- about humanity and yeah questions of uh, parallel universes etc yeah and like they've jumbled up the timelines like crazy and i would love to get your thought on a that like, kind of new style of a cinema. show like black mirror a show like black mirror as well mm. if you've seen that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's very much about techno technology techno horror it's called yeah, yeah, yeah. what would happen when technology goes sentient and the singularity occurs yeah, yeah, and yeah. you know machines take over and you know human intelligence is rendered obsolete and you know we become prisoners of our own 
device as the lyrics go in Hotel yeah. California. So, you know, uh, I, I'm, it's an interesting. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. definitely, I'm, I'm trying to figure out firstly why these kinds of topics are popular now, but also like what do you think of the sto- that kind of story storytelling? Because it's, I mean, it's relatively new. I've not seen a lot of it come up in the early, between 2000 to 2010. Well, I think the Matrix kind of mm. popularized yes. this genre of, you know, sort of what is our consciousness, what is our purpose, what is causality, how would we interact with the machines if they, you know, sort of came and started doing our work for us. It's been explored in so many movies, Spielberg's AI, Artificial mm. Intelligence, 2001, A Space Odyssey, uh, you know, all kinds of movies, even the the Terminator movies at, at, at their core are about that question yeah. of what happens when a machine, you know, tries to take control of history using time travel. So we have a, certainly a, a rich history of movies that question these things. Yeah. Um, I am legend. You know, the, the I am legend themes of transhumanism as well, you know, like in the movie Lucy or Transcendence, whereby the human consciousness uh, or the movie Her, hmm. the human consciousness hmm. assimilates the larger uh, information network out there, which is obviously based off the internet and yeah, yeah. computers and thing. So I remember there was a Keanu Reeves movie in the 1980s as well called Johnny Mnemonic, where oh. human beings are used as human beings are used as external hard drives. Whoa! Uh, so basically, you download uh, you download information in a human courier, yeah. and it's for like something like 40 GB yeah. back in the 80s, and, and he basically has to smuggle that information and reach it to its source. It was a really, it's a really terrible movie, but that concept, you know, of what is it the human brain is? Is it just a thumb drive? Is it just a pen drive? You can look up Johnny Mnemonic. Dude, it's got Keanu Reeves. I'm imagining someone like whole, like I'm imagining someone just a bunch of people just sitting like zombies, like in a in a room, and this guy holds your hand and pulls you up and plugs your brain into a in a computer. <laughs> hits a, you know, puts a few. Uh, Forty GB. Forty GB in your brain, and then you kind of get a hit, and then you start walking around. That's messed up. Man. That's good. I think people are curious about curious about the human experience mm. as it probably will be maybe 10, 20 years yeah. from now. Yeah. I think people are curious about what the next great revolution will be. Right. We've seen the industrial revolution, the agricultural revolution, yeah. uh, even the scientific revolution to some extent, moon landings, etc. Now, what are we looking at? Mm. What revolution are we looking at? Yeah. Maybe is it AI? What is it? People are asking these questions, yeah. you know? Yeah, and a lot of people have already started working on some pretty scary tech. So apparently, mm-hmm. uh, Elon Musk's, what he said was, uh, AI can take over because our input output with AI is very limited. So our input with uh, any kind of machine is only through our hands or through our thumbs, mm-hmm. which itself is a very limiting medium. So his basic uh, premise was that we need to increase the bandwidth of incoming messages to computers. So he's trying to link the human brain to computers so that people can like, supposing mm-hmm. if you're programming, you need to type it out right now. But with what he's trying to design, and he's already working on it, he's been working on it for a few years now, you can think thoughts and that's going to be like your code. Like if supposing you're coding and you're, you just think a thought and that's just going to come up on code. Some kind of cognitive shorthand. Yes. Just kind of like Understood. a link 
from your brain to the computer, which can basically take mm-hmm. input and then I guess maybe eventually even kind of talk back to you via the brain. Sounds like something from the Umbrella Academy or the show Heroes or, you know, where people can telepathically do things yeah. and sort of just, yeah. I mean, why not, right? As long as we're talking about the fantasy realm. Imagine how useful that will be to me as a psychotherapist. Yeah, yeah. To just look at my clients and know what their problems are. And then, you know, to really just be able to help them and really give them solutions, uh, you know, work on solutions with them rather. Sometimes even give them solutions on which way they could be looking mm. uh, for, you know, a better way forward, yeah. happier way forward. Yeah. Man. So, yeah. Interesting questions you've raised, buddy. Yeah, dude. So a lot of the, and also just think about what that would do for lie catching, man. Mm. You probably won't have the polygraph gets upgraded. Yeah, you won't have a polygraph, <laughs> man. You have you just have a, you just have like a one way, fi- like there's like there's gonna be no secrets. Imagine a world without secrets. Mm. So a pa- there's a movie. With, there's a movie, in fact, on this uh, topic. It's called The Invention of Lying. The Invention. Of you should lying. watch it. I will check it out too. I will it's, watch it uh, it's got uh, it's got Ricky Ricky Gervais. Oh. Gervais. I don't know how do you say it. Ricky Gervais, the British yeah, comedian, yeah. in it. It's called Invention of Lying. So it's a utopian world where nobody lies to each other, and he kind of invents lying. It's a satire, high concept satire. Uh, movie was all right, but I really thought it was a very, a very interesting concept. You can later see the trailer on YouTube. Yeah, I'll check it out, man. I'll give it a look. But hmm. yeah, man, imagine that. So uh, uh, there's there's this whole evolutionary uh, idea that lying. And facial expressions evolved. Like, for example, the poker face evolved because mm-hmm. I lied to myself, right? Because you have in your mind a lie detection mechanism which is really evolved. Because, li- like, if supposing someone lied to you and got through, for example, in a mating scenario or in a in a resource sharing scenario, if someone lies to you. And if you're in, mm-hmm. in the jungle, you're completely like, you're going to get screwed over of a lot of resources. You might even die. So we, so mm-hmm. the theory says that we've evolved to catch lies, right? And because we've evolved mm-hmm. to catch lies, a lot of the stuff that is, a lot of the reasons why people lie, and actually there are cases where people end up believing the lies that they say, Right. Mm-hmm. Is that the only reason why you can, uh, the only reason you get away with lies in that level is if you yourself believe a lie, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like saying, do you or not, like if I'm lying to you, I am incentivized then to believe the bullshit that I'm talking to you. Because if I don't believe it, I'm I'm communicating more actively that I'm lying. Mm-hmm. In that case, how would one of these machines work, man? Would they be able to tell what's a yeah. what's a real lie and a false lie? Because if I believe my bullshit, interesting, interesting, isn't it? Because I think these machines are essentially built to detect uh, changes in your body temperature, yeah. in your heart rate, uh, pupil dilation, sweat glands, etc. And uh, yeah. if you can, like, I don't. There was this movie called Hannibal Rising, mm. which was a prequel. 
to Dr. Hannibal Lecter's story based on the famous Thomas yeah. Harris books, uh, whereby they've shown as a young man after his first murder, he is put through a polygraph and his reading is extremely normal because he's a, a sociopath and a psychopath and he's cold blooded. Yeah. He doesn't feel any remorse for having murdered people in cold blood for vengeance. So you can trick yourself. Self-deception is a large, uh, is, is a very large topic, uh, you know, mm. that can be discussed because I think all human beings essentially do engage in some form. I can see you smiling yeah, there. Self-deception is uh, huge, man. We do, they, we, we do engage in some form of self-deception. So <clears throat> you, even earlier you had said some people might be really obnoxious, but they have convinced themselves that they are obnoxious because they're surrounded by idiots. <sighs> or because they're surrounded by unworthy yeah. people, or because they're surrounded by people who are not as, um, you know, as sharp as them or as astute as them. So that in that, that is a form of self-deception to place yourself at a yeah. premium or at an elevation and then look down on everyone as uh, minions or, you know, just functionaries yeah. who are, help you live out your larger fantasies or, you know, fulfill your larger plan, you know. Mm. So... Yeah, so that is also a form of self-deception because, you know, for every human being essentially living their life, they are the central protagonist of that story. The story that involves them, their family, their journey, their school, their college, their education, yeah. their aspirations, the ongoing journey. But everyone thinks that they are the Shah Rukh Khan of their story, yeah. whereby for someone else, you might be the Rajpal Yadav of that story. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I've had, yeah, man. <laughs> I've personally had that happen to me. So, so first of all, when I realized this fact, I'm like, holy shit, where have I been lying to myself? Man? There's, there's got to be somewhere where I'm deceiving myself as well. Because, I mean, if everyone Whoa. does it, there's no way I can, I mean, I'm, I'm remiss from that. I'm obviously, that's obviously happening with me as well. So I was like thinking, dude, and then you take an account of, like, then I take an account of, okay, where have I been deceiving myself like where what are the spaces that i've been lying to myself and then mm -hmm. some things pop up and then some things don't but every now and then i think it's a good uh, inventory to take very often absolutely but very often though here and this is also something which really trips me up at what level mm -hmm. i know like supposing i know it at a certain level right based on your current zeitgeist <laughs> of how you view the world right uh, at least of how i view the world i don't know that i am not aware right I don't know that I don't know. I don't have any kind of realization right. about my ignorance of how fucking dumb I am. Mm, yeah. And that's when I'll be like, okay, but one experience, I'll have one experience or like a couple of experiences. And then that stuff starts making sense. Okay. Maybe I'm deceiving myself. And to mm -hmm. me, the most dangerous thing in the world is people who don't give you critical feedback. And that critical feedback could be verbal. It could be like, you know what? You sucked, man. Just face it. It's fine. It's cool. I love you, but you sucked, right? That's, mm -hmm. I really value that. Uh, but nobody mm -hmm. ever does that because nobody wants to be rude. But every now and then I'm mm -hmm. going to get some kind of feedback. You know, like you, you behaved in a certain way. And then as a result, this person kind of drifted away from your life a little bit. Or... Uh, you know, you played like, just like even tennis, like supposing you played in a certain way and you kept losing points. Why was that? Yeah, because you kept hitting it on the net, right? That level of mm -hmm. reflection actually helps me get to some level of realization as, as to just how I've been deceiving, not deceiving myself. Now, now, see, now I have to kind of blunt that because I'm talking about myself. But 
Hmm. It's literally deceiving myself. So I'm kind of thinking about how I've deceived myself in the past. I'm reflecting. And then once I reflect a little bit on that situation, I get a, a little understanding of, hmm, maybe I'm not as good. Maybe my shit does stink. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, you know, a lot of people talk about self-reflection, but there's also a lot of self-deflection, yeah. you know, distracting and telling yourself with the next big breaking story on the University of WhatsApp mm-hmm. or, you know, commenting about how bad the rains are in Mumbai or how Modi has not done something yeah. he said he would do. So that's deflection. Mm. So many people spend time gossiping about what other people are doing, watching something obnoxious like Indian matchmaking <laughs> rather than spending time watching it. Rather than spending time watching a TED talk or, you know, sort of doing something that gives you incremental value in your profession yeah. and your social. Because it's idle. It's it's very easy to just sit around and sort of uh, pretend that, you know, you've done it all and seen it all. Yeah. But see, you asked, you said a very interesting thing. You said, how do I know that my shit stinks? So how do I know that I am, um, uh, you know, making mistakes? And that's the thing. You don't until you've already made yeah. them. Because I, as I always say, regret is always felt in hindsight. Regret cannot be experienced preemptively. True. Regret can only be experienced after you have made those mistakes or you've, you've, you've fallen flat on your face. And usually that's also the catalyst for people to come to a therapist like me. They say, all right, I've suffered. It sucks. And I've probably suffered enough. Enough to know that there's something I need to do about it. Enough to know that I need a... Uh, someone to intervene and give me uh, some perspective, unbiased yeah. opinions that can give me, a, you know, a mandate to sort of revisit all these things that I've been doing, which are clearly not doing me any favors, and are, you know, sort of giving my relationships uh, some pause and some uh, trouble. So perspective is a result of this iterative process of you know living examining, re-examining, living some more, examining, re-examining again, again, living some more, making those mistakes, falling, tripping. Yeah. But the idea is to to, to find new things to be uh, regretful about. <laughs> so if you're con- continuously regretful about the same things, that means you haven't evolved. Mm. And also, it's not kind of healthy, man. It's not healthy to keep thinking about the same shit yeah. over and over again. Like After a point in time, you've got to... So there's it. a qualitative... No, absolutely. There's a qualitative difference between guilt and remorse. Guilt is usually self-punitive. Yeah, it's the it's a very self-condemnatory mm. voice saying you fucked up, yeah. be it an imbecile or you you don't know what you're doing. But remorse is really about uh, you know it's like re it's like going back to a crime scene and re-examining the evidence, mm. saying what have I what have I missed out? Yeah, is there something I've not seen? Is there something I've not thought about? And that and usually that second part, like remorse or a kind of self-reflection, is very neutral. It has no emotional. Like, at least for me, it has no emotional um, aspect. Like, okay, I'd be like, oh, sh- I missed it, but it's okay. Like, this is what it, this is what it is. But that's because it's based in fact. It's, yeah, exactly. That's because it's based in It is based in Not fact. based in emotion. When it's based in strong emotions, it becomes guilt. Exactly. Such a fine line. People yeah. use these words interchangeably. It's not. I'm feeling so guilty. And you know what's... Having missed my gym. You know what's... No, that means that you're... That means, yeah, that means yeah. you're telling yourself I'm an ass, ass for missing gym. <laughs> when you feel remorse... Yeah. You feel bad. You say, you know, I paid money and I need to fulfill my membership, you know, to justify this big chunk of money. So maybe I could earlier or figure this out. Yeah, man. It's like, yeah. And if you if you feel guilty about that, then like, sorry to say, but there are probably bigger things in your life that you're not paying attention to. If you're feeling guilty about missing the gym, 
damn son you could be probably got something larger for me though personally um what are they saying yeah with reference to guilt i really think and i've had experiences and now i can generalize from that mhm i believe society really primes you to feel guilty you like there are yes. so many spaces in life where people are to, like it starts at the age of 5 man when you're like people are like kind of shaming you for being naked granted that we can't all walk around naked in public right that's not what i'm saying what i'm mm-hmm. saying is that why does that have to be associated with shame right and um a lot of it now has translated into shame and guilt in terms of your own identity so a lot of people are like feeling <clears throat> a lot of people are like feeling guilty like there's this whole thing called white guilt right and that's a the white man's burden yeah the white man's burden and that's like a whole race of people feeling guilty for their existence because the moment they were uh, born the moment they were young they've been told well their life is a privilege they're privileged to be alive and because of that privilege now they owe something to someone else so the way that these people individuals walk around is like they walk around apologizing for themselves all the time but you're not why why are you apologizing like there's no real like him hey, i'm sorry like oh, for like let me give you an example like i was hanging around hanging around at one of these mixers mm-hmm. and you just chat so th- like there's basically a bunch of employers all around you and you know as colleagues you meet in the center you chat about which employers employing whom and you kind of like talk about that stuff so we were in the circle we were kind of chatting and this one girl who is white and one of my friends who is also white uh this girl turns around to him and says well you know what do you have to what do you have to worry about you are a straight white man mm. you don't have anything to worry about it was just a regular conversation but that seemed aggressive to me a little aggressive my friend london knows my friend just my friend just took it He was like oh, 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 oh and he cowered I was like you actually feel guilty for being yourself mm. man he was such a nice guy too dude. it's weird when you use guilt to control well it's a short <laughs> cut isn't it shivam it's it's a, it's a way yeah. to simplify the parenting and schooling process because guilt is a very effective motivator it's sort of uh, sort of it's it's a way to remind you that you must mm. open and you know you must know you must follow the instructions of the so called authority figure yes like i remember we had this teacher who used to say you have not come here to give me answers don't give me answers that i have not asked you questions to and the teacher used yeah. to say oh i am not I, you have not come to school to tell me what you think you have come to yeah. school to learn what i have to tell you you need to learn yeah. we start teachers like yeah. that this is obviously pre international igcse and all that this is in the old days you know when people were you know it was old school icse tha ssc tha teachers used to hit you on your bloody knuckles yeah so yeah usually it was so guilt was a very effective motivator to sort of uh, bash errant children up psychologically mm. and the to sort of get them yeah. back down from their stance you know because no one likes an original idea everyone yeah. who ever had an original idea has been shunted away whether it was jesus buddha whether it was even steve jobs in his initial days they usually shunted away saying no 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 when galileo was uh, uh, persecuted by the by the church because they said what rubbish is this man talking what is this telescope yeah. god created the world man was came into existence on the seventh day there was a talking snake and the world is flat and here comes this guy saying no no it's not the sun that rotates around us we are a globe yeah. and we are 
and from what i hear he was persecuted and it was unfortunate yeah Copernic. and they attacked his reputation man they attacked who he was they didn't attack his ideas everyone with an original idea has been considered errant or has been considered in some way uh, you know stubborn or ungrateful to the system and has been as i said driven away the buddha was 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 when he was around he was busy telling people you know you spend all this money on these elaborate rituals you know basically yeah. he involved in so many hindu rituals and you know there, there's a different yeah. market for those products and you know havan and all these things you know this is all crap he said you think you're going to do this and you're going to find happiness and joy this is not going to help this one and so they said all right yeah. we don't like this guy let's send him to tibet back then it wasn't tibet this is just please not here please, please go some yahan pe mat karo apna he went to china tibet myanmar thailand where which yeah. are just buddhist countries and yeah. they kind of appreciated him a lot more out there than they Definitely. did in his own country where his land of his yeah. birth and he wasn't no saying something radical or anything i guess at the time he was saying something crazy radical but it wasn't really radical all he was saying was just live in moderation man just don't don't go crazy guys yeah just yeah and, and what did jesus say jesus didn't write the old and new testament he just said be kind to each other and you know hang out and sort of stop persecuting each other and help each other out he did, actually what jesus said was not as complicated as it's being made yeah. to be yeah. all these interpreters uh, you know coming in and saying we know what the truth is you know yeah. no none of us were there none of y'all were there so let's not pretend to be experts you know yeah. there's nothing so an original idea is not there need not be something insulting yeah. in fact it's a beautiful opportunity to discover something about yourself hmm. and you can borrow liberally from the past yes. i mean that's what history is there for right yeah. the history of religion the history of philosophy yes. the history of even warfare yeah. it's all there to teach us something about ourselves about yeah. our, uh, you know about the mistakes we've made about the fact that you know despite so so called conventional wisdom yes. we have fallen flat on our faces time and time again due to greed and corruption yeah it's also because i think to a very large extent we don't understand the message itself like the That's reason right. why the reason why we learn from religion i mean and i'm i was an atheist for a very long time i'm still an atheist but that doesn't mean you can't learn from these stories for the simple reason that <laughs> uh, you can for the simple reason that there's a reason why the stories that are encapsulated in store uh, in like these large texts like the bible uh the bhagavad gita like the stories of mm-hmm. the people that's a meta story that's a larger story that has come out of thousands of small to- stories told over a period of long a long period of time and that meta story has something cathartic something timeless in it which you can definitely learn from and i think mm-hmm. uh, jordan peterson does a brilliant job of actually laying out some of these elements that you can learn from and these kind of meta narratives that actually kind of tell you a little bit more about themselves as mm-hmm. a storyteller i'm sure you've probably heard of joseph campbell's uh, uh, the the hero's journey yeah and it, the hero's it, journey it's based sorry. on the it's based it's based on the screenplay prototype right the hero's journey yes yes the hero's journey is actually um, kind of extracted from a lot of jung uh, jung's work on the shadow and it involves a story arc that everyone goes through and if you find mythical stories like uh, blue beard and all these other weird stories from the past which at their on their face look very dark and very uh, maniacal 
they actually have some really powerful takeaways. So uh, for and they have a very similar arc in the in that it starts with the hero's discovery of a latent talent. Mm-hmm. And then it then there's a prolonged period of darkness, which usually involves some kind of uh, falling into some kind of darkness, fighting some kind of monster in that depth. Mm. And what the hero comes away with is some symbolic version of a gift. Uh, usually a princess. Or for some reason, the gift is always feminine in nature. Yeah, well, it's not female, but it's feminine. That's why they went to war in Troy as well, right? It was over yes. a woman. Yes. I mean, Patra as well yeah. famously caused it. Yeah. Or Padmavat, for but, that yeah, matter. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, because you see the gift in that. Even in Padmavat, you see the guy's gifts. And you see darkness mm. fall upon him, and then you see him respond to that darkness. And then, like, there's a, he's made this beautiful story arc based on, in fact, one of the first movies made deliberately uh, modeled after that is Star Wars. And Star mm-hmm. Wars is one of the most epic sagas in terms of symbols of humanity. Right? Even though these yeah. creatures are mystical, opera, no other. sorry. Absolutely. It's yeah. a space opera like no other. Exactly. And that's because uh, a lot of it was made on that. So I think that a lot of these historical stories have a lot to take away from. You can take away a well, lot. Well, Shivam, they serve an allegorical purpose yes. to sort of remind you of, um, remind humanity of its uh, greatest uh, triumphs and its greatest uh, moments of despair. Mm. So as you said, there is an abyss that people sink into yes. very often as a as a result of mismatched expectations or uh, you know our baser instincts such as greed jealousy propensity for violence mm. so i was seeing a video a couple of weeks ago that you know when you have maxed out yeah your pleasure you have maxed out all the pleasure that you could get from a situation yeah the only direction you want to max out is pain which is why the romans were so notorious for gladiatorial uh, conflict because they had all their needs met. Yeah, they had they had those crazy parties where you know where we used to our school teacher had told us where you know they would eat all night and puke and then eat all over again mm-hmm. and sleep with sleep with uh, prostitutes etc. So you know so that that was that was that was happening. Or BDSM and, man, BDSM is mm-hmm. a perfect example of what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, you max out the pleasure. So now I want to explore and see what the pain feels like. Yeah, is it in it? curiosity about it it's why you'll see young children also want to you know take a magnifying glass and burn a butterfly or burn a uh, uh, you know like a little insect also because that curiosity is there that a sense of power which humanity seeks to exert over its uh, fellow man or over its environment Mm. Uh, i feel that is a part of also our evolutionary design perhaps an unfortunate part of our evolutionary design where you know it's all about power dynamics and it's about you know, uh, who's, who's, who's the might, might is right. And I was here first. Therefore, that makes me the original inhabitant. Yeah. You can't exist you without know. it, though. You need it, I think. Mm. I think it's very, I think so you need it. To some extent, it's part of our evolutionary design. But yeah. uh, having said that, uh, there's a difference between intent and acting upon intent. So, I mean, there are many aspects of our evolutionary design which may not serve us well in a civilized society, <sighs> cooperative living. 
but uh, you know instead of fighting it it's important to understand it because yes. a lot of people make mistakes and then they chastise themselves mm. they they sort of blame themselves oh i'm i'm so rotten human being i'm full of shit i'm yeah. i'm the worst person i'm the scum of the universe but then that's not really helping you is it it's mm. better to accept yourself with the good and the bad but then make choices that align with what you would like for yourself yeah man so so here's the thing so we are speaking about guilt society guilts the shit, like living shit out of you like for life you're not allowed to you yeah. know, use profanity so sim- to simplify their job yeah. of keeping you in control but if you're guilty about feeling certain ways how are you going to accept the darkest parts of you right like how is that going to happen so i think a lot of people like walk around with not having accepted the fact that they are monsters we are all monsters man like what we are is trained xenophobic killing machines that's how evolution got us right that's why we're here we many, were able many many Sorry. many would be that way even now but not everyone i would say but yeah yeah i mean we can generalize yes yeah i'm saying there's a difference between recognizing you're a monster and doing monstrous things i'm not talking about doing monstrous things i'm not saying killing people like fucking kicking people in the nuts as they're walking around like you know all that kind of <laughs> jazz but my, my point is like you have a dark side you have a dark side i have a dark side everyone has a dark side uh and you probably need to be able to recognize that dark side because if you don't it's still going to show up but if you recognize it you know how to deal with it and you know how to talk to it but if you don't know how to talk to it it's going to be a problem like one of my one of my friends he's never done something dark or ha- he's not in i asked him straight up i was like bro do you think you have a dark side he's like i've never i've never interacted with my dark side and some guys i asked them i'm like bro have you have you met your dark side do you know what your darkest the darkest period of your life was and like, they'd be like unequivocally they'd be like yes i have seen that part for those that don't they obviously mm-hmm. living they think they're living happy at the same time i've seen them experience some level of existential crisis i don't know why they correlate but they they kind of like i don't really know why i'm doing what i'm doing and it's also because they haven't probably seen the darkest side of themselves it's all no, because we we don't like to sometimes um look at our shortcomings mm. because that makes us small yeah that makes us feel uh that makes us feel like we haven't figured it out yeah. and no one no one likes to feel like they haven't figured it out even when in fact they haven't figured it out yeah they'd like to act like they have it yeah. all figured out so what you are referring to as a person's dark side could also be that part of them which they haven't figured out it can also be that part of them that they're not exactly proud of yeah. they're actually quite ashamed it could be that part of them that they have been taught to hate because mm. of how they have been up by their families and societies and schools and due to the interaction with their friends yeah or the dark side could also be something they're very aware of however they're extremely lazy to work on mm. these could all come under the classification of what's your dark side right because the fact that dark means that there is an absence of illumination yes. that means there's an absence insight there's an absence of observation well said, and most people shivam don't like to observe themselves because mm-hmm. what they will get scratch beneath the surface is not something very palatable oh, they'll say holy shit i have issues oh no this is 
I haven't resolved this yet. Or I am am I carrying around something that happened to me when I was eleven? Because when those questions come up, and you are already growing older, yeah, you might feel you might feel extremely compromised, and then you know you're not in therapy, or you don't have someone to hold you through that moment. Mm. You can completely uh, discombobulate, you know, yeah. inside. Have you ever read a book that really confronted you? That really well, so many, so many. I think one book that really changed my perception of uh, things was when I was in school. It was it's 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 a, it's a little cliche the book, but it's called The Alchemist. Mm. And uh, what I really liked about the book, at least what I understood back then as a fifteen year old, was you know sometimes we're looking for treasure in all the wrong places, or we're looking for treasure everywhere. Yeah. But what we don't realize is where you exactly are currently. That is a moment. That is an opportunity to be treasured as well. Hmm. Um, perke, ab ghar vapas aoge. You'll return home, hmm. and realize home is where perhaps where the treasure lied in the first place, hmm. and you were see bouncing from place to place. It's a question that I would say, uh, to some metaphorical extent, was even answered in the movie Ye Jawani Hai Diwani with Ranbir Kapoor. That he uses travel as a way to escape his. own discomfort with his father's new life and new wife mm. and his own lack of familial comfort right and that makes him kind of like a gypsy but when he meets a girl who he loves he he wants to give that up and sort of you know just park himself right next to her mm. saying i'm not going anywhere yeah so that question question of you know again bringing us back to the hero's journey it's all about it's all about the journey within but also the journey outside and the two may sometimes actually bring you to the same place yeah if you would let if you let it yeah man so, for sure absolutely that's what i feel yeah dude i think that made made a lot of sense uh, in, especially with reference to some of the things that you said about going through that journey and it's important that you kind of go from it from a spirit of not trying to escape like doing it yeah don't really- escape yourself man what you, i mean where are you going to go like I I was listening to this lovely podcast a couple of weeks ago where this man spoke about how traveling changed his life. Ooh. He said the first time he traveled alone, he said the first time I traveled alone, yeah. I forgot I completely forgot that I had brought myself along as well. Oh yeah. Dude, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And he was not happy with that. He's like, "Shit. Yeah. I I brought myself on this holiday. <laughs> that's what that's not what I wanted. Yeah, man. I wanted to escape from something." Yeah, there's But here I am with my Yeah dude there's something about like being by yourself when you're traveling solo and then having to say okay shit i don't have anyone around me that has to make a decision with me so i guess i'm going to do what i want to do and w- i brought myself along mm-hmm. so you know maybe sometimes yeah. it's about <laughs> it's tough to figure out what like what you have like what to do when you're traveling solo because then you're like free to choose at least the times where i'm I expert i'm an expert that's what i was going to ask i've been to alone yeah 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 i've been a lot For yeah. me, it started as a way to sort of get over a breakup mm. I was having, and I know it's a bit cliche, but I was—it was a difficult time for me, and I was really miserable and self-loathing, self-pitying, uh, self—you uh, know—sort of blaming. Yeah. I was not in a good place, so I started traveling as a way to sort of see whether I could get out of my comfort mm. zone and sort of stop defining myself based on how someone else Ooh. sees yeah. me. See, no doubt that even today, if someone gives me a heartfelt compliment about how I speak or how I look or how my book is or whatever, I feel great. Hmm. But I don't let that define how I see myself, and that is an acquired skill. 
that is an acquired skill yeah you got to learn to trust your perception of yourself because there are years and years of conditioning where you not you didn't only lack a perception of yourself but everyone else who had a perception of you kind of tried to pitch that perception mm-hmm. to you repeatedly the school teachers told you you're useless you're lazy your parents told you you're ungrateful you're indisciplined mm-hmm. and you're 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 you're, you're uncouth your family told you you're ungrateful your parents do so much for you so those perceptions are borrowed perceptions which you have internalized mm-hmm. then you reach a point when you're in your 20s or 30s you realize that these were just transient opinions yeah. you know uh, and and they were just coming from a lack of information that these people had or perhaps what they thought was um, good parenting or good uh, conditioning for you hmm. that they kind of forced down your gullet yeah. you know? and then you realize that you have spent an entire life seeing yourself through the eyes of others yeah. as opposed to seeing yourself through your own eyes wow. i mean who knows you better than you who can potentially know you better than you not your mom not your dad not your siblings not your teachers not your friends not your boss mm. not your spiritual leader you man none of these people it's it's you mm. you got to figure this out for better or for worse yeah and be kind to yourself man be kind to yeah. yourself everyone's done some dumb shit everyone's been winging it in some way or the other right we've all dated people we knew were not right for us mm. we've all hung on to relationships uh, without uh, realizing that they had gone way past the expiry date right we've all we've all tried things that we thought we'd be really good at and then somehow it didn't pan out everyone's been down that road so the idea is you pick yourself up yeah. and you walk you walk so with reference to and oh wait so you you realized this when you went solo traveling is it so a lot of this yeah, stuff came to you it's not as scary yes absolutely i was confronted with the fact that at the outset i never enjoyed my own company I used to almost regret the fact that I don't have someone to travel mm. with myself. But when I went and I started talking to people from other countries, I realized a lot of the burdens that we carry are also culturally induced. Yeah. So when I went solo backpacking in Cambodia, I was a part of this um I was a part of this tour. I was a part of this bus yeah. which had a lot of uh, white people from different countries, from Sweden, from Australia, from the UK. and i realized i was the oldest person on that bus at the age of 27 yeah. everyone was 19 20 everyone's traveling for 5 months 6 months and i realized what are the indian counterparts of these people who are in in their late teens 19 21 year old girls what are they doing in india oh wait a minute they're trying to crack competitive exams ias ips ifs mba cfa why because we're a poor country and education is seen as a passport to a better life a bigger house a bigger car mm. So this is why these guys are out there living it up in Cambodia and their Indian counterparts are busy asking their mother to reheat the aloo paratha in the morning hmm. while they're busy mucking things up. I said how unfortunate because I be- believed that and I started realizing how traveling builds character because it gives you a world view that probably you never had before. Right. You develop an original opinion of the world you live in, not an opinion that you have borrowed from yes. your mother or your father. Yes. the borrowing your borrowing of it's like hand me down opinions mm-hmm. you know where's mm-hmm. the original is there an original thought yeah there's a whatsapp group i'm on which has some uh, some some uh, members of the extended family all that gets shared there are forwards and whatsapp <laughs> forwards and i sometimes wonder i sometimes wonder where's an original idea in that there is no original. what are your perspectives 
where is your look at both of us today old friends hmm. known each other i repeat for 12 years yeah. for those who have reached this point and are watching this video yeah. but it's a casual conversation and a sharing of perspectives yeah. some hard learn yeah. some perspectives based on what we've been reading what we've been following hmm. and that is important where you you need to have original thoughts not just regurgitate what someone else has sent you otherwise you are you're just a, you're like you know we used to have this toy when i was growing up in my house like this parrot you know like when you put the on button you say i love you and the parrot will say i love you <laughs> it'll just repeat whatever you say yeah. you know say i don't like i don't like the rains i don't like the rains it's just a machine it just repeats so what is happening with with the pandemic with whatsapp now becoming a place of congregation since you can't meet people face to face there's a lot of regurgitated opinions yes an original idea is 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 missing or or if there's an original idea it is usually paired with a lot of arrogance mm-hmm. look at my original idea it's better than your original idea your idea isn't an idea at all shut up listen a dear yeah it, it kind of gets it kind of gets into this uh, zero sum mentality which is like you can't yeah. i can't you can't exist when when my opinion exists you know kind of thing absolutely it's a become a pissing contest on whatsapp conspiracy <laughs> theory about about what what the government should be doing or yeah. what the corona virus numbers you don't know the real statistics come down man <laughs> not like you're a statistician appointed by the bjp government come your ass down have some dal chawal and take a nap exactly man you know, all good super fun dude n- number of people who kind of share crap uh but at the same time dude with reference to like solo travel i completely agree with you it kind of helps build that perspective i went to vietnam for like a few days maybe 5 days i had another trip that oh, i to vietnam oh beautiful i've been to vietnam for 21 days it's a great very country. well did you Lovely. go Lovely. well did you go i went everywhere where else where didn't i go i went to halong bay hanoi ho chi minh Ooh. hoi an so you did the whole place uh, Oh yes, pura north to south kya. Okay. Cuz yeah. I was like I I just want to be at Ho Chi. So I was just at Ho Chi Minh and for 5 oh days. Oh dear. You missed the best parts. You, you Da Nang is amazing with the dark cave. Hoi An is, is I missed, dreamy. I missed the It's like a dream. I I do think yeah. I missed a lot. At the same time though I discovered what I really liked in that space. So which the is, reason why I hung out I love to know about I love to learn about the political history of the space that I'm in. I don't know why did you go to the any pop museums the war museums I went, the chuchi tunnels I went to the kuchi tunnels I went to the war museums I like I really I did one of those bike rides where you sit in and this guy takes what you what bike uh takes you through yes, the yes. the whole space of the all the historical spaces and kind of walks you through it and you went to the Mekong Delta as well I didn't get a ch- Mekong no I didn't go to the Mekong Delta no I okay. I went up to the kuchi tunnels because I think I was there for around 3 and a half days or so but right, uh, right. overall um no i was there for a while i think i was i don't even remember man. might have been there for 5 days mm-hmm. but what i realized was that i'd love to know about the history of the space before that though, of course before that i hated history i despised mm-hmm. it because what i thought was history was facts like there's no inference mm. that you could make from these facts i thought there was just people just remembering facts for some reason that's my idea of history from the indian educational system this is after flame. well you know no absolutely when i was in school i now i realize that the history we were taught was essentially a history of important dates yeah. surrounding the inception of the indian national congress and the many 
leaders who uh, sort of uh, inhabited that party yeah. but it's not it's when was the generation no in indian history there's notoriously less information on subhash chandra bose notoriously very little information yeah. on sardar vallabh bhai patel yeah there's very little known about them yeah or like um, it's also gandhi gandhian congress uh nothing wrong with that but then that's a little skewed isn't it it is really skewed and people haven't like for or the ssc schools or the ssc schools constantly vilifying the moguls and glorifying shivaji maharaj and the peshwas you know so it's very skewed it's i mean there's skewed. so much more to the world no one talks about the khmer rouge the opium wars you know the kuwaiti oil conflict what has been happening in the middle, the middle east. east no one talks of crazy you know there's so mm. many things have happened in the world you know one talks about what happened in cuba fidel castro no one talks about these things yeah. in school you got to learn this thing now now you got to watch a documentary on netflix or watch narcos and then go on google and say acha oh, yeah. or dude for <laughs> dude one thing which has been really pissing me so once i once i did that solo travel i realized like history in a country is important and also having some level of democratic yes. stability is important and then i looked at yes. what Indira Gandhi did in the 70s right and the late mm. 70s where she installed on my time before you in my time <laughs> we went around yeah yeah but <laughs> I, i i found out about like she basically set up an emergency hijacked all our uh, uh, hijacked all our constitutional processes put people in jail amended the Masbandi drive right yeah. of of sanjay gandhi she put the word yeah. socialist in our constitution Oh We didn't have that word. Mm. My point was, it got me enraged about some shit that happened, and it got me a little bit more protective about the basics of democracy, which no textbook ever taught me. The only time I've learned this is only through experience, talking to a whole bunch of Americans and how they, to a fault, to a very level, they are actually free. They're like, screw this. We don't need the government to fuck with us. We. we want democracy and we want the uh, we want our ability to choose our representatives above all else because we've laid down so many lives over hundreds of years that's a history that you can learn yeah. from man how's your mic doing bro of course mic's doing excellent i was just wondering if are you getting my are you getting my voice all good yeah i am getting your voice perfectly it's fine um i've been getting your voice consistently uh, there's been no uh, not not much of an issue No, what you're saying is so relevant. I mean, not just in the American context, but I think now people now this this term that I <laughs> I've been hearing the woke generation. Mm. Everyone is so woke, woke no. generation. Everyone mm. wants to talk, but uh, you know it. Talk talk is cheap, you know, Shivam. I say very often, what are your actions? What are you doing? Like it's you can scream from a rooftop. Respect me because I am a woman. But say, all right, what have you done that's respect worthy? Have you ever done something? Have you done community outreach? have you taken yeah. your academics seriously take care of your family have you taken care of your body and your yeah. health are you are you constantly upgrading yourself yeah. are you a opinion leader in industry are you kind to your partner yeah. are you are you nurturing towards your environment yeah. if you haven't done any of this why should your womanhood be a passport only for you know to gain respect yeah. we are defined by our deeds and our results so if you have results to prove that you are worthy of respect sure we can worship you as an organism on this planet yeah. the same respect i would extend to a squirrel or a sparrow i can extend to you nothing wrong i'm yeah. not going to try to trample That's you true. peace be with you you're on your path i'm on mine but because i'm a woman therefore respect me therefore nah. gender doesn't qualify you for extra privileges and that really all right you get 
and that's super annoying yeah, man because you... people use qualifiers so like i this is really this is something which really pisses me off people say this is not that and this i mean without beyond getting pissed off i think it's it's childish to expect that your gender earns you privileges yeah. to be treated a certain way like don't be a child if you if you prove yourself yeah. worthy if you if you compete on an even fighting field uh, then you will get what's due to you over time mm. if you if if you if you play your cards right sorry you were saying right. something no uh, so i mean the two things uh, so first for one people use qualifiers man so basically people say um you know as a person of color or as a brown person living in the us or as a woman living in or as a x and y z person you need to listen to my opinion but no i'm going to listen to your opinion because you're a human being and i listen to everybody's opinions but if you yes. if you believe that your opinion has some kind of precedence over mine because of your identity that's a very messed up notion man i don't want to mess with that absolutely your opinion will will hold water based on the strength of your argument based on the facts you present based on how eloquently you can debate those facts yeah. based on your ability to negotiate uh, through a solution uh, based on the kind of information yeah. you bring to light based on how respectfully you present that information without being adamant or without being pushy yeah. that is what would make me want to respect you not your gender or the color of your skin yeah. or the fact that your marriage didn't work out <sighs> you understand yeah. me on the flip side though i do get their point i do realize that there are certain inequalities in society you see what i'm saying so there are certain of course there are there have a long history of that in all countries whether it's the with the black people in the united mm. states with the civil rights movement you know you see a movie like the green book as well mm. where they've shown that so so uh, it's so disturbing that despite being a musician just because he's a black musician he's not allowed to eat a meal at the restaurant where he will be That's performing awesome. as a guest of honor it's so it's so horrible and disturbing that that scene uh, but that's because there have always been bullies within systems so you could say organizationally mandated bullying yeah. or there have been solo bullies who operate like free radicals you know so and that's how society has always been there have been you know yeah. lions and lambs you know point, they say yeah sometimes people will be a yeah. bully irrespective of like where they come from it's just that's just the peep, like that's just their kind of bent of personality that's 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 the, that's the choice they have made that's what makes them feel powerful that's what makes them feel worthy mm. that's what makes them that's their qualifier to justify their life and existence to themselves because i am a bully therefore i can get what is accrued to me what i deserve therefore i will continue down this path of a bully and you know sort of try to make good with whatever i can in terms of being this yeah. uh, hostile individual and a lot of the people who have kind of been bullied in different ways because bullies take different kinds of forms they're usually right. like trying because a lot of these bullies get privileges from society they get that's right they get rewarded by status they get rewarded by re- with resources and things like that and well you know the saying right yeah. that power corrupts but absolute, absolute power, power corrupts corrupt. absolutely yeah man definitely and that that definitely holds true for bullies right and a lot of these uh, a lot of these movements from se- people who haven't been like people who've been bullied all their lives seems to be to me 
like a way for them to kind of equalize the playing field by completely okay. taking away from who they think are the bullies so they'll be like you know what hmm. i don't have anything because i'm a nice person i'm a good person you have everything cuz you bullied did they i mean first of all some of these people are bullies but not all of them right true you got to you got to accept that you can't generalize you can't generalize so you can't like create like radical upheaval based on those notions but that kind of radical upheaval is getting more and the notion of that radical upheaval is getting more and more prevalent in uh, modern society mm-hmm. oh well well you'll have radical factions in every possible institution as well yeah. even within the same political party and within the same religion yeah. you will have the radical faction and you'll have the slightly more moderate yes uh you'll have the traditionalists and then you'll have the new age faction mm. so i mean that's that just that's how it is people want to break free and pretend like they they know more than the other part faction yeah man i suppose this happened when we were living in caves as well my cave bigger than yours yeah. my cave big as a bigger fire right. i got a bigger i got a bigger deer which is going to feed my family or you know i have more resources or i have better tools yeah that kind of grandstanding that kind of grandstanding and that kind of uh, you know sort of comparison yeah beca- became a part inevitable part of you know surviving and sort of uh, you know getting one up over the neighbor yeah isn't it yeah yeah and oh well and as i just feel like if someone one ups you like if supposing you're getting someone one ups me at least what i try to do and it's it's very tough for me to do as well but at least what i try to do is learn from them uh it's tough it's really Why tough not, right? learn from your competition learn from your competition yeah. except 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 that you're not going to be the best at everything yeah. at all times the smartest man might not be the most good looking yeah. the most good looking man may not be living in the country with the best economic yes. policies the guy living in the country with the best economic policies may not have the most supportive family right. the guy with the most supportive family may not have the most uh, robust bank account yeah. <laughs> uh, balance yeah. and the guy with the most amount of money on his bank account balance might be uh, not having good health yeah and there's i mean of course there's a dark side to everything i mean not dark side but there's a downside to every success there's a flip side there's a flip side to everything um additionally there's like it also depends on who's around you for example uh most of the circles that i was in a certain place i was probably the top dog mm now the thing is when i transfer into a different space Mm-hmm. I'm going to find myself with people who are better to, than me. It's it's inevitable. It's going to happen. If you keep getting better, you're going to find you're going to get into a group of people that are better than you. It's definitely it's going to happen. And at that point in time, like I was, I was like, damn, these guys are so good. Uh, happened here in my coursework, you know, like, dude, these guys are so on it. I thought I was on it, but these people are like, just hundred percent. they're giving their 500% to everything that they're doing this is amazing i should learn from this but the initial response like but initially when that started to happen i was like wow dude, are these guys like when i started like i was like are these guys performing better than me like cuz midway through the coursework i was like oh shit dude, these guys are there's the real these guys are definitely doing more than what i'm doing i was like 
like there's something there the indexing that indexing begins in your mind yeah like, oh my god and there are like oh, wait, wait. so then i have two reactions like one my first reaction is saying wait i got to justify how i'm doing more and then i was like but then over time i've developed the second response which is actually let's evaluate let's see how like let's see if in reality i'm doing more or if the other person doing more and more on it and the and very often in this case i was like no these guys are these guys are dunking on me they're doing way better well why compare yourself man you just up your game regardless of so for me who is doing what for me personally it's always been um it's been this thing where i don't like not knowing so i don't like that i don't know something <laughs> it's like if supposing you tell me bro you don't know this i won't get like usually people get pissed off at the other person for pointing out that you know shit you don't know like why did you point out that i don't know it? i'm embarrassed i don't respond with embarrassment i respond with like why the fuck didn't i realize this in the first place right yeah how did i and why did i concede this yeah why did i concede this like what went wrong and that's right and that shit like really messes with me so the yeah it really <laughs> messes with me i'm like how could i not know this man i should have known this and then i try to figure well, out know- as aristotle says we are what we do repeatedly <laughs> so it's really about choices and habits yeah definitely you know you so don't don't be so hard on yourself you're smart hmm. resourceful individual yeah bro, definitely and you know, you're a lot skinnier when i first met you yeah. <laughs> and i see you yeah it's all, it's all the charm dude nice nice uh, robust looking young dude, man uh, a few years younger to me so i can say that yeah man so, what are you still in your 20s or what no man i'm in my 30s now Really yeah. now? How old are you? I'm 30 uh, square. Uh, yeah. Well done, bro. Yeah. I got 4 years on you, oh, which man. is 4 years I'm not I wish I could uh, go back to being younger, but you know, that's what it is, yeah. you know, we 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 you know, your beard turns white and your life uh, turns gray, you know. <laughs> like my t-shirt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But you're doing pretty well for yourself, man. You got your own place now. I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm I'm happy where I am. Yeah. I I I I I'm happy. So I I make enough money to to afford the things I that's like. That's nice, man. Which is enough. Yeah. Yeah. And knowing you, like, you're probably going to get the uh, the latest uh, version of the Xbox or the PS. Which one are you going to get? The PS or the Xbox? No, I already have a PS4 with 19 unfinished titles. including some greats like the witcher 3 mm. and uh, you know a few a few more uh, gems hidden there i think they transfer so, man i'm not going to they, they mm-hmm. transfer oh, like, i don't know is it is that right yeah yeah, yeah yeah like i mean let's see do how... you have a cd or do you have, do you have like them on cd's or well i have all of them on cd's mostly yeah I mean, like Blu-ray disc. So yeah. Alright, but uh, just want to know how much time do I have you for, man? Well, I think what time is it now? I think we could start winding it up because it's we've been we've been chatting for one hour thirty. Sounds minutes. good, man. Let's let's so spend can, a few minutes. We can. Let's spend a few minutes talking about video games, man. I'll talk about video games with you. <laughs> have, uh, have, uh, so, um, is well, video games are therapeutic. You know, I'm one of those. psychotherapists who always says that you know don't blame your kids for playing video mm. games able if you can addict it to even uh, orange juice and then that's not good for you <laughs> as well if you have only orange juice stop drinking water so you play video games so right? i mean any 
I, I do play now and then. Not addicted to it, of course. It's a good escape. It's mm. a fantasy. It's a fantastical world. Mm. You, know, you get to role play. You get to be a, a mob boss in the 1960s, yeah. or you can be a cowboy in the uh, in the in the Western outback. You can be Spider Man, mm. Batman. You can be. Oh yeah, those role playing games get higher. you, man. Yeah, I mean, you can be so many people. Yeah. I mean, and, and 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 I think to some extent, all of us live in little fantasies that either we create or that we subject ourselves yeah. to. And there's nothing wrong in no, that because I think our brain too requires a bit of a break sometimes, isn't it? Because this world can be overwrought with things like logic and, uh, you know, having to do the right thing at the right age. Yeah. So, I mean, who really gets to decide how old you are before you get married? No one. It's about you and who you meet and what you mm. want and what you see. It's really about your uh, personal journey. And no one gets to decide whether that journey takes place um, at a certain speed or not. Yeah. Video games are about journey as well. Yeah. Only this time you are filling someone else's journey, helping them live out their hero's journey or their prophecy, uh, which is fun in a vicarious way, uh, so to speak. But uh, I mean... Which ones do you play, man? Uh, well, I'm playing currently playing Red Dead Redemption Ooh, 2. Ooh, that's why you talk about westerns and shit. <laughs> oh, yes, indeed. <laughs> Number of deers oh, are nice. killed in that game. Oh, that it's vicarious yeah. and it's silly and it's fun. And it is it's, fun. It's it's enjoyable. And yeah, it's, it is what it is. What I like about the whole Rockstar game series is like their storyline. You can actually do it like you're watching. Like there's no skill involved. Like I mean, there's a certain skill involved, but it's not much. Mm-hmm. So you can just go through it and like the cinematic. Like, exactly. It's very cinematic. Like it's a movie, which is amazing. Yeah, absolutely. It's highly cinematic. Yeah, but have you seen like have you met a lot of people who are addicted to video games too? Kids nowadays yeah. who come for therapy, their mothers are worried oh. uh, about addiction, but that's because their parents may not have cultivated other interests in their child. Yeah, like for me, reading, writing, these were cultivated yeah. in me by my mother. Knew that I should have a very well-rounded personality with, you know, to be articulate. Mm. She sent me for every possible class that a child can attend yeah. so that even if I don't take to something, at least I know what it's like. Yeah. So that kind of, you know, kind of widens your palate mm. for life, which I think is important. Yeah. So yeah, addiction is a thing, but uh, I mean, it's a labyrinthian topic. Yeah, because I was, <laughs> I was about to ask you more on the lines of like, I was about to take this, like uh, what I was about to share was our common shared interest in video games. But it seems to me that, yeah. uh, you're more concerned with uh, how people like the dangers of video games in terms of how it can be a tool to escape from reality. And that's definitely a thing. That's definitely a thing. It is a thing, but anything can potentially be dangerous if overdone. In my opinion, if samosa can be dangerous, if you only eat samosas for 30 days in a row, I assure you your cholesterol levels are going to jump. And so is your waistline is going to bulge. But that doesn't mean you should ban samosas or people go on the streets and saying no one eats samosas yeah. again. So similarly, a video game in excess to constantly nurture only a fantasy realm is in a way escaping from your uh, daily responsibilities. Yeah, yeah. and especially some of these games that have been like designed by people to make it addictive. Right. Yeah, but it's a commercial venture, yes. isn't it? You know, more tokens, more coins, yeah. more level ups, yeah. power ups. Especially online games. Yeah, man. You, know, you want to get best pack. You want to save face in front of your guild Ooh. or your 
clan or your you know, dude so that these are these are these are things that we commonly see yeah i play fifa i play fifa a lot and mm-hmm. what so here's the thing which i probably didn't know about fifa i'm guessing you didn't because most people don't is fifa actually like they make a certain x billion dollars million dollars a year on uh, sales of the game right they make three times that they make mm-hmm. three times that on in game purchases of packs so they make yes, one, absolutely two, the packs and the level ups 1.5 billion dollars people make uh, they make a year on average on just selling packs they sell it to kids yep. with the with the notion that if they spend on these packs which randomize players they'll get the best players in the games and they can beat their friends that's the notion mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of the, like i've spoken to some of these some of the children who buy these packs and they're like yeah i just took 50 bucks from my mom and i uh, 50 from my mom and i'm using that money to kind of just get a pack because i might get something good out of it and things like that and this is like economic exploitation man you're exploiting kids well that is capitalism for you <laughs> yeah man uk is bad you're sitting in the united states yeah dude. the 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 heart of capitalist yeah. thought yeah no yeah i mean there's capitalism and there's certain levels of responsibility man this is kind of irresponsible but well. anyway uh, i just want to thank you so much man thank you so much for uh, sitting with me it was a lot of fun it was i mean more than anything else it was catching up with you so that was awesome i loved it shivam we had uh, we still have a lot. we talk about some things off camera of course as well you know once you stop recording yeah. it's been an absolute pleasure and uh, you know especially to have a chat on so many things that don't necessarily only talk about the world of psychotherapy but also about video games etc right it's been a, it's been mm. a real pleasure what a what a fabulous way to spend a saturday evening yeah. talking to an old friend yeah. over uh, these things and of course once you upload this video to youtube i will share it left right and center and hopefully 100%. people will sit through the 1 hour 40 minutes yeah. of this that we have spent with each other yeah man definitely i hope so too and that's why it's called uh, shivam and friends podcast man it's just me sitting with Love a bunch of friends see you oh, man yes. thank you thank you everyone for listening if you're listening up to this point love you guys